0: Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again this morning, Lord, that you would Lord, spoken to us so many words already, Lord, even through the song, through the baby dedication. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts now, even now, Lord, that we will receive the word with meekness and that you would prepare us for the days ahead. Anoint us, O Lord, You hear your voice, release this time into your hands. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I titled today's uh, teaching as, um, Conflict is inevitable, but how to overcome. Conflict is inevitable, but how to overcome. <clears throat> you see, when the, the moment the children are born, today we had a baby, ded- baby dedication. Immediately you'll see the doctors in any hospital, they take the child to the neonatal room. To protect the child because the baby is not immune and to any kind of disease. Okay, the moment the baby is born, one of the things that it has to, whether she likes or he or she likes it or not is there is disease outside. <laughs> And you have to build up your immune system to fight the disease. So you'll see the doctors within the first six months try to administer all vaccinations, etc., so that the children are prepared to. And the body is prepared. The immune system is trained so that they'll reject those things that are not supposed to take into their system. It's inevitable. Once you're born again, and you're a child of God. You can't wish this away. It is going to happen. Look at what Peter calls us in the New Covenant. The beautiful description, the identity he gives the New Covenant believer. It's essentially the Old Covenant concept, but given to us in the New Covenant as well. 1 Peter chapter 2, but you are a chosen generation. You have a new spiritual DNA, a royal priesthood, a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light you were once not a people but are, but now are the people of god who have not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy and that's where we want the first peter and the epistle of peter to end we want to enjoy and bask in this in this new identity that god has given us and we just want to enjoy uh, and just have hymns and praises and worship services for the rest of the day, for the rest of our lives. It's not going to happen that way. And immediately the next verse, verse 11, look at what it says. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which what? War. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? New born again believer has come. It's got a new identity in Christ. And immediately Peter has to give you the bad news. There is going to be war. There is going to be conflict. Be prepared. And and even Jesus, when he came, I mean, of course, we know that Jesus, when the moment he was born again, he was born into a hostile environment. Herod was, oft, after his life, he wanted to kill him. Right? Before his time, and and you know, the, the, the kind of opposition that he faced, there will be opposition. 1st Peter chapter 4, and this is how Jesus himself overcame. This is what it says in 1st Peter chapter 4, verses 1 onwards. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. Okay. Arm. Weaponize yourself, in other words, with the same pattern of thinking to overcome all these conflicts and the oppositions and the adversities And the hindrances and the resistances that you are going to face as a believer in this world. We walk in the flesh. But you know what? Even though we walk in the flesh. Look at how Paul describes the walk of a believer in the new covenant. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 onwards. For though we walk in the flesh, we uh, do not war according to the flesh. Meaning what? There is war. Hmm. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Wow. Why is there a conflict? Why is there opposition? Why is there resistance? Why is there adversity? Because in us, there is the old man, the old nature, which is born of the devil, who opposes the purposes of God. That is the reason why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the carnal mind is in enmity with God. And there is a world system which is completely contrary to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the system of the kingdom of God. And then there is the entire demonic hosts outside who are completely uh, what do you say um, sub, they've come together now knowing that there is a there is a there's a child of god and they are going in they are going to oppose every purpose of god in our lives it's like you know if you if you if you are familiar with the game of chess one of the things that um that the, the opponent tries to uh To to find out in the game is to find the weak squares. And then when he find the weak squares, what he does is he brings all the other pieces and attacks the weak weak square. He lines up the rooks. He gets the bishops. He gets the he gets the queen or the king. And there's one pawn there standing there, which is still not a passed pawn. If you if you know if you are playing uh, played the game of chess. Which is like the, it's like the Achilles heel of the, of the, of the opponent. And if he has to break through, he has to come to the point and he r- arranges all the pieces to release the tension at that weak point. So when you're playing the game of chess, it's always difficult to be uh, a black piece because the opponent is always one step ahead of you. So your defense has to be really perfect. You d- cannot give weak areas and therefore if the, if the enemy sees weaknesses in us you know what is what does he do he arranges all the pieces <laughs> and puts tension in that one piece in one that in that one square to get the better of you get used to this idea before you i mean you cannot you cannot wish these things away i mean you cannot just live in what we call as a fool's paradise there is conflict. Look at, but, but the point here is this. Look at how, how Paul describes the believer's attitude. The believer's attitude is described in verse three and four. Look at what he says. For we walk, for though we walk not in the flesh, we do not war. Understand? There is war. Okay? We have weapons. There is warfare. And we are attacking strongholds. So the point here is the initiative is with the believer. Is with whom? With the believer. Remember Jesus? When uh, Peter has this revelation yes, you are the Son of God, the Messiah, and then Jesus says, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Simon Barjona. But my Lord, my, my, my God, my father in heaven has revealed this to you. And you shall call, you shall be called Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and, and the gates of hell. In other words, the gates of hell shall not prevail, meaning the believer, the Christian, is actually contending and banging at the store, at the gates of the enemy, trying to release captives. Who's been bound by, who's been bound by him? Who have been bound by him? So the initiative is always with the believer. It is not with Satan. Unfortunately, many Christians, including me, I mean, when I say many Christians, that in many Christians, I'm there as well. I was wishing all these things didn't exist. You know? But you have to learn the hard way. What is that? There are three kinds of people. There are normal people, there are fools, and there are wise. Okay? Normal people learn from their Mistakes. Fools do not learn from their mistakes. Wise. Ah, learn from others' mistakes. You are very sharp. So what are you today? <laughs> Normal or wise? I hope you are not fools, right? So we have to learn. Okay. So we have to learn the understand, reconcile yourself to the fact that there is going to be conflict and opposition. For the purposes of God in our lives, how do we overcome? And then look at what it says in one John chapter five, verse nineteen, in the King James version. This is I like the King James version. Look at what he, how he puts it across. He says, "And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies in wickedness or in the evil one." Poneros is the word in Greek, which means the one who is. Evil. The whole world is in the evil one. But the believer is in Christ. Thank you. Okay. Understand this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. But just as Satan opposed Jesus, so will he oppose everybody who is in Christ. Whether you like it or not but then a believer initiative is with him he has to overcome and god has not left us without tools so what are the tools and the attitudes that god has given us so that we can actually overcome and grow by the way we only grow when we have opposition see the entire growth that we experience as as uh, as normal hmm, physical beings organisms if you will is against opposition. You become strong when you lift weights. When you work, you're training your body against something which is stopping it. Okay. You're training. All training is training against forces which oppose the process of discipline. Understand that? right? So you understand this in, in, in the physical, we understand all of this. Now for example... If you have to crack a crack a entrance exam, you have to overcome something called a sleep. What do you call as burning the midnight oil? Okay. I don't know if you burn midnight oil these days, but okay, you understand what I'm saying, right? You have to work and study and work against all the forces in your body which causes you to become indisciplined. And you have to say no to a lot of people who try to steal your time. What are you doing? You are working against those forces which are trying to oppose the purposes that you have for your own, for your own life. Okay, understand that. Similarly, in the Christian walk, there are oppos- oppositions, your own flesh, and the entire world system is absolutely hostile to the believer. But the only way you grow, it says in the book of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew and in the gospel according to Luke as well, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God, what? Suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You go through, you break through the kingdom of God. And who am I going to look, look at today, this morning? As to that one guy who was born of God, who was a son of promise. It's remarkable today. I mean, I believe that God has ordained even today's... Uh, Baby dedication because I prepared the entire message on Isaac. And pastor gave me a platform. The entire message was on Isaac. As to how Isaac overcame conflict and grew. Being that one guy, the quintessential if you will, the the, the pattern of a believer who is born of God, born of the promise. Because it says in the book of Galatians, you my dear beloved, as Isaac was, are Heirs according to promise. So we are all, if you will, Isaac's. As far as as we are, I mean, when we are in Christ, because we are all also children of Abraham by faith. So Isaac, if you will, is a type of a believer who's born of God, who's born of the Spirit, who is born of promise. Okay, and for that person to overcome and to 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 ensure that he. Uh, inherits the promises although all those promises are are given to him positionally he has to inherit them he has to overcome certain oppositions and look at what it says about isaac the day he is dedicated and that is when he goes into the waters of baptism in a, as a type when he is offered on the altar on mount moriah he is Is, is a type of baptism. He's dead, he's buried, and he's resurrected. And now he's given back. Now he's coming out with resurrection life. It's a type of the resurrection life of a believer. He's a born again believer. Yes, he's born of the promises of God. And when he comes out from the altar, he is now a baptized believer. With the resurrection life of Christ. Albeit because of the, of the, of the faithfulness and the obedience of his father. But look at what it says in Genesis chapter 22, verse 17. Genesis chapter 22, verse 17. This is talking to Abraham. That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess, what? The gate of its enemies. In other words, the gates of hell shall not prevail against Isaac, no matter how much they try to thwart the purposes of God in the life of Isaac. Because he is born of God, he's got the resurrection life in him, inside of him and it's impossible for the, for the purposes of the devil to have any fruition in his life because he's got the resurrection life. But how does he live out this life that God has already given to him in seed form? Is something which I want to look at this morning and I want to look at One of my favorite chapters in the book of Genesis, which I have visited several times from Genesis chapter 26. So please pay careful attention about the life of Isaac that we are going to study from today from Genesis chapter 26. There was a famine in the land. As I told you, never are going to be the situations in your life conducive for spiritual growth. There will be what? Famine. Isn't, isn't it interesting? Leave your father's house, leave your country, leave your father, and go to the land which I am going to show you. He delayed, etc. But he came into the land, and what did he experience? Famine. Oh, I thought this is a land of promises, and everything is going to be conducive for me to experience and enjoy the blessings of God. No. There's gonna be famine. There's gonna be lack. That was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. So I want to look at seven attributes. Seven, seven, okay, always seven, okay. Seven attributes as to what are these seven attributes that we need to, need to inculcate in ourselves as believers so that, so that we can pattern our life in the, in the way Isaac patterned his life and become overcomers and resolve and overcome every conflict. Famine. Famine is lack. Many of us have famine in different different areas. So if, if it's not a famine of of uh, money, <laughs> there could be famine of not having health. No matter how much money you have, you cannot buy health. right, right? It's, like this. it's like this, no. You have all the money in the world to buy the seat in let's say IT for BTEC. But for that fellow to get out of triple <laughs> in four years, he's got a famine of uh, mathematics in his mind. So it's famine.
1: <laughs> we have
0: what we call as uh, NRI quota in uh, in uh, in uh, in our you know, university. NRI quota is not NRI quota like the way you have it in CBIT and all. NRI quota is that they come through what we call as uh, DASA and they write SAT etc. But they come from US and uh, Europe and all these places, no. They come to the Indian system and these fellows are like <laughs> ratification for so many years. And when they look at these guys, they are like at least 10 steps ahead of them. All the daisies, They have to really, really, uh, you know, struggle at least in the first two semesters to catch up with the Indian crowd. Anyway, so this famine, this famine, there's going to be a lack. And look at how, what happens. Isaac um, goes to Abimelech, the king of Philistines, and he's thinking as to how to overcome the situation. Similar situation. Similar situation his father was several years back. His father was in the same situation several years back. And he made a decision when he was experienced with the same lack and lack of provision in his life. Because he had to sustain a huge family. A lot of things that had to be taken care of. So he made a decision to go to Egypt. And, that, and Isaac was contemplating to do the same. But thankfully something happens. The Lord appeared to him. Amazing, isn't it? The Lord appeared to him. I believe this is... This, this, these are not just random statements and verses. You know, our Lord does not appear to you suddenly. Unless and until you have had a practice of studying and meditating and uh, uh, praying and seeking the face of God. In every situation. If you, if you remember Isaac, when... Eliezer went to get a bride for him. What was he doing? What was Isaac doing? Nobody wants to remember that. Because everybody wants to get a bride for themselves. They don't want Eliezer to get a bride for you. What was he doing? What was he doing? Anybody knows? Are you, Baba. Meditating. Isaac was meditating. And then Rebecca comes to him. He doesn't have to go after Rebecca. That's remar- remarkable, isn't it? So this is the practice. And then when Rebecca is, 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 uh, is not conceiving for 20 years, he prays. So he has a lifestyle of meditation and prayer and listening from God and studying the word. So the Lord appeared. And what did he do? Do not go down to Egypt, he said. Live in the land, the promised land, which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land. Other other translations will use the word sojourn. And I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants. I will give all these lands. And I will. Perform the oath. Or the covenant. Which I swore to Abraham your father. So the first thing. Every day of our lives, we are going to face challenges and oppositions and conflicts in different, different areas in our lives. The first thing every time we start our day is remember the covenant that God has made with us on Calvary. First thing, do not ever forget. He remembered the covenant and we are given a better covenant. An extremely powerful covenant. And what is the covenant? It is the new covenant. And what is the new covenant? You come to Jesus. It's got the blood of Jesus. It's got the blood of the covenant. Which speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And when you confess your sins. And when you repent of your sins. You know what happens? The blood of Jesus will do what? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And every day you can have a fresh start with God. Your conscience purged by the blood of Jesus. You can start with repentance every day remember the covenant and repent every day every day in the morning start if you have forgotten in the morning you you are listening to something even as you are driving the lord will remember remind you to repent isn't it interesting these are days of all those days of ignorance the lord has what wink that but now thank you so much what's it samir commands everyone at every place to Repent. So what is the first command? It's, repentance is a command. So the first thing in the morning, you get up in the morning and you know there's going to be conflict in the day. Conflict through different means. Conflict which you don't know that, see there are certain things which are happening in the spiritual realm that you are not even aware of. Like, you know, some, some people have COVID. They don't know that they have COVID. They're what we call as asymptomatic. Just because you, you are asymptomatic does not mean that you don't have the virus. There are so many asymptomatic diseases. <laughs> okay. You don't even know that you have it. Okay. So the first thing, remember the covenant and repent. Start with repentance every day. Say, Lord. Because you know what? When you repent... The blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all your sin and all your unrighteousness. In other words, it justifies you and gives you a right standing with God. Every day you have holy boldness. You know why it says the righteous are bold as a lion and the wicked flee when nobody is pursuing them. You have boldness. You know why? Because you've been clothed by the righteousness of Jesus. The righteousness of Jesus. That gives you a tremendous standing before God. First and also before the enemy. Because of one of the fundamental and the most powerful weapons of the enemy is accusation. Slander, gossip and condemnation. Oh, you did not pray enough last week. Yesterday you did not, you did not obey enough. You did not do this enough. You did not do this enough. You think God will love you. You think your God is the right. He reminds you. keeps on reminding you of all your failures. But you know what? Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I too thy fountain fly. Wash me savior or I die. Enough. He clothes you with his righteousness. And now you have a right standing with God. And you can start your day. Conflict is inevitable. So start right every day. Start with repentance. Remember the covenant that God has made with us. On Calvary. Let's move on. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 4 onwards. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. So the second thing. Remember the covenant. Second thing you need to do, there are promises and the blessings of the covenant. The promises and the blessings of the covenant will only apply to us when we do something so important. What is that? Everybody say? Resolve to obey. Everybody say that? Loudly, you're not very, conv- you're not saying that, saying that with conviction. Resolve to obey resolve to obey remember the covenant resolve to obey why did all the blessings why was abraham blessed in all things because he obeyed the voice of god and therefore god is telling isaac isaac i have a covenant with you you've remembered your covenant But one thing you do for the rest of the day, in order for you to overcome every attack of the evil one, the flesh that is inside of you, the world system, all the temptations of the evil one, one thing you should do, resolve to obey. Resolve to obey. Even the little things and the big things. In fact, if you practice in the little things, the big things will become easier. Okay, let me just spend a little time on this because obedience does not come very naturally to us. Because our old man was a rebel from the time from time being, and whenever you say obey, I will not is something which he almost says every time. Okay. That's his default setting. So let us let us just let us see how it actually uh, pans out in the new covenant as well. Look at what it says in the new covenant. New covenant people, we can live there live the way we want to live. You know, that is not true freedom. True freedom is when we have truly obeyed the conditions of the covenant, even if it's new covenant. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 5. Romans chapter 1 verse number 5. This is the new international version. Through him we have received grace and apostleship to call the Gentiles to what? To the obedience that comes from what? Faith. You have put your faith in the righteousness of God, not in your own works. So once you have put your faith in the righteousness of God, you know what justified means? First of all, made righteous, Declared righteous just as if you have never sinned. You have been declared righteous. You've also been made righteous. It's just not a change of label. You have salt and you have sugar. Change the label from salt to sugar. Salt will not ch- change to sugar just because you change the label. Your nature has changed. So what is the decision that you know you, 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 you need to make? I say, Lord, I want to resolve to obey. Look at what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13 onwards, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as what children? Obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. I told you, no. know, one of the fundamental killers in the kingdom of God, we've been learning it over and over again. What is the fundamental killer? Ignorance. And the other one, pride. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And my people are destroyed because of their attitude that they know everything because they are proud. As obedient children. See obedience, you cannot substitute obedience, my dear brothers. You cannot circumvent it. Obedience in little things and in the big things. For example, for example, children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is for children. Fathers, Do not provoke your children to anger. That is for fathers. Wives, submit to your own husbands in all things. That is for wives. Husband, love your your wives as Christ Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for her wives. Oh sorry, husbands. Workmen or slaves, show in all things reverence for your bosses. Not with eye service, but as God pleasers. In every walk of life, Obedience. Okay, obedience. Look at what it says and again, Romans chapter 15, verse 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath wrought by me to make what? The Gentiles obedient by word and deed, Both. Okay. So otherwise we will never experience true blessing. True blessing will come only through obedience. In the little things and in the big things. Genesis chapter 13, verse 16 and 17. Look at what it says. Again, this is Jesus. Okay. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who is sent by him. If you know these things, yeah, you know a lot of things. When are you blessed? Blessed are you if you do them. So when you get blessing, only when you do. Otherwise, you're just deceiving yourself. I didn't say that. James said that. Not Pastor James, the writer James. Okay, he also said several times, but we get familiar, right? So James, look at what James says. James chapter 1 verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers. Just not hearers. Otherwise you will, what? Deceive yourselves. But how, see, when is obedience tested? This is very important, okay? Just everybody, listen carefully, all small children especially. When is obedience tested? Obedience is tested when nobody is watching you. When is it tested? When no, when you are aware that nobody is watching. Not only that nobody is watching you, when you are also, for example nowadays, nobody is watching you, but they are watching you also. What we call as uh, CCTV cameras, no? Yes, uh, Grace Home, no? Big boss is watching, no? <laughs> so we have when nobody is watching. I'll give you certain examples from the Bible to understand this principle. Philippians chapter two. This is what Paul says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but what much more in my absence. Let me tell you something now. Adam and Eve were created. Okay, Adam and Eve were created. In the Garden of Eden, how often did God come to fellowship with him? In the cool of the day, every day once. Maybe the cool of the day, maybe in the beginning of the day. But the cool of the day because evening and morning, according to the Hebrew calendar, is the beginning of the day. So, in the cool of the day. But you know something? There were long periods of time where Adam and Eve were alone in the Garden of Eden. And there was no God around. Long periods of time. Long, long periods of time. But Adam was given one command. Adam, I'm not around. I'm not around. But there is my representative in Eden. Who is that representative? My word. Okay. The word of God came in three forms. Thou may eat of all things. That is what we call as permission. Everybody say permission. Permission. Granted, you can do all things. Okay. Thou may not eat. That is prohibition. Say that? Ah, permission is there. Prohibition is there. Permission, and if you do the things that God permits, and do not do the things that God prohibits, what do you have? Provision. Say that? Provision for every situation in your life. You do not have to work for anything. You don't have to work for your food. You don't have to work for your salary. I mean for your for your, uh, for your your resources. No, all the provision. It doesn't say that God made him lazy and asked him not to work. He has to tend it and he has to keep it. All that is there. But because you work, you are not going to be fed. You are fed and therefore you work. You don't have to worry for provision. Because there is permission. If you do what is permitted and if you do not do what is prohibited, what you enjoy is what? Provision. So there is permission. There's prohibition and therefore there's what? Provision. Otherwise, what is there? Warning. What will happen? On the day that you eat of the tree which I ask you not to eat. In other words, if you do the things which you're not supposed to do, what will happen? You will what? On that day, you will what? What? Not die. What? Everybody said that? surely die. You are not convinced. You see, when you read the Bible, you are not convinced. You see, you die, ah, sure. surely die. And actually, in Hebrew is moth, moth. Die, die. In dying, you will die. In other words, death guaranteed. See, what does it tell me? It tells me something very important. Even in our situations in our lives, in the new covenant as well, Jesus is not around. Holy Spirit is there, but we don't see him. How does God test our obedience? Pastor is not coming every day and checking what you're doing. Okay, he comes and preaches on Sunday and all the other days and he just leaves you for long periods of time to live your own life. And in that life you're making decisions. Okay. What is going to hinder, what is going to show to God that you truly love him, your attitude toward what God has spoken to you shows how much you are ever God and how much you love God. And that is the reason why he says, if you love me, you will do what? You will keep my commands. Fundamental. You see, these seven days are over, no? How many of us did what God permitted us to do? What we call as sins of omission. Did, not, did something which God asked us not to do. Prohibition. How much of the authority of the word of God was established in our lives? You know why? You know why there are death in so many areas in our lives? Because there are areas in our lives we don't enjoy the provision of God because there are areas in our lives which have not come under the authority of the word of God. But the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding that which is good. And that which is evil. And therefore Paul is saying. As you have always obeyed. Not as in my presence only. But much more. Everybody say much more. Much more. Even now. In my absence. You know when children. You know that children really really follow God. And they love God. When they leave your house. They go to other, some other place. For their, for their schooling or something. And the first thing that they do. Is to find a church. Then you know. They have arrived. Mira Beta Bandavanya. Taptakni Bandavana. ellava churchki, Elava Chatski, Elava Chursky, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you? How long will you do it? How when will you do it on your own? At the day my daughter will go to the shelf and put that, take out the book, what is that? Hollow night and start working the problems on her own and begins to enjoy, I know, that day. She has loved mathematics. I don't have to go after her. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? After that, I have to, some people, you have to stop them now. Enough. Enough. They become ambidextrous. They solve problems with both their hands like this. They become so engrossed. To that point, then you know, this guy has, now, you know, it's become a part of him. Has obedience become a part of your life? Did you do this? Did you pray? Did you pray? Did you pray? Did you eat? Nobody has to ask you, of course. Did you eat? Everybody eats, for sure. Eating, nobody (laughs) will miss. Meeting, they will miss, you know? Definitely. (laughs) See that? Understand this. See, the blessings of God are not going to happen, are not going to come to fruition in his life, even for God. What did I say? God will not be blessed even unless he is obedient. How do I know it? Look at Jesus. He's God in the flesh. Look at what it says about Jesus, Hebrews chapter 5. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears, oh boy. Jesus himself was not accepted unless he shed tears and prayed. We don't shed one tear. And we think that we'll be accepted by God, accepted by God. Huh? Vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. And look at what it says: verse 8 and 9: Though he was a son, yet what did he do? He learned obedience. Through the things that he suffered. And having been perfected. In what? In what? Perfected in what? In obedience he became the author of eternal salvation. To all those who? Obey. See that you cannot. See the word obedience is getting reemphasized over and over again. So first thing in the morning. Remember the covenant. And Confess your disobedience of the previous day. Second thing that you do, resolve to obey. You see, I'm telling you something. Christian life is a life of decision. You can, I think Derek Prince made this powerful statement. He said, "To to stand still and to sit still is to die. You know what he says? He uses the example of the lepers. Why are we here? Staying still like this, we will die. If we go into the city, we will die. If we go into the enemy camps, perhaps we may live. Think about it, no? Where is 50% probability of life? In the enemy's camp. If you sit still, you will die. If you go back to the town, you will die. Lot of people in, the, in Christendom, you know what? They are lazy people. They've got fat all over. God is never going to bless laziness. We'll come to that. A little later. So, first thing, everybody said, You can see, read that, right? R- loudly, okay. Remember the covenant. Second, resolve to obey. Let's move. Let's go to the next one. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 6 onwards. Now, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife. Where is it? Gerar. Where his father, Abraham, <laughs> lived several years, several decades back in the right in the same place when Isaac was in Sarah's womb. Okay? Isaac was in Sarah's womb. And he said, She is my sister. For he was afraid to say, She is my wife. A lot of people there say you no. Know, what are you? Brothers and sisters in Christ. We um, you know. <laughs> We'll come to that later on, okay. Because he thought, lest the men of the place kill me for Rebecca, because she is beautiful to behold. What is this? There is one stronghold in the family. You know what is that stronghold? Fear. Fear in the family. Like pastor said, the iniquity of the forefathers will be visited unto what generation? Four generation. If you look at, interesting, no? For the lies to be broken in Genesis, for the iniquity of lies to be broken in Genesis, it took all the way till Joseph. 4 generations. Abraham, lied. Next one, who? Isaac, lied. Jacob, <laughs> Baba. <laughs> what are you talking about? Lifestyle is <laughs> of lying. And then it comes to Joseph. It's broken. What is the next one? Recognize the iniquity. What is that? Recognize the iniquity. Recognize the iniquities in your life which will empower sin. In other words, recognize those, those arguments and those pretensions in your mind which will empower sin, which will empower disobedience, which will empower rebe- rebellion, inequity. Look at what it says in First Peter. I mean, you think this is an old covenant idea. In the new covenant, we are all in whoever is in Christ. Jesus is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, everything has become new. That is positionally Baba. But everyone comes from a different background. Everybody has their own baggage that they carry when they come into the, come into the kingdom of God. Look at what it says in First Peter chapter 1. The same concept. Hmm? Follow carefully. And if you call on the father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Understand this. This is not talking about the fear that Isaac and Abraham experienced. He's talking about the fear of God. The fear of man brings a snare. But in the fear of God, there is what? Strong confidence. What is there in the fear of God? Strong confidence. But in the fear of man, there is snare. But look at what he says in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18. Powerful, this is, is, this is in KJV, in KJV the same thing. Knowing that you were not redeemed, underline in your Bible the word redemption, okay? With corruptible things like silver and gold from your, what? Aimless conduct. How did you receive? By tradition from where? From your fathers. You know what the word in Greek is? It's very interesting. Parthos paradidomai. Combination of these two. Parthos means father. Petros, patros. Patros, parodidami. There's a combination. Patros means father. Parodidami means to be betrayed. To be handed over. Parodidemi is used in the, in the context where Judas hands over Jesus to the Sanhedrin. Betrays. In other words, all the betrayals that you received as an inheritance from your fathers, recognize it. The lifestyle of betrayal. The iniquity from that you have received from your fathers. Recognize it. And each one of us has a different stronghold. Because we come from different backgrounds. Recognize the stronghold in your own family. Strongholds of fear. Strongholds for so many things which I can't even say it now because there are children who are listening. There are strongholds. Demonic strongholds. Iniquities. Look at this, the word redeemed, right? This particular word redemption is used in another place in the new covenant, which we all like, which is we are very, not like, which we are very familiar with. Look at the place where this word redemption is used. Titus chapter 2. Follow carefully. Titus chapter 2. Listen carefully, my dear brothers and sisters, okay? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no, it says in uh, NIV, that we should deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. How is this possible? How is this possible that we can deny and say no to ungodly lusts and worldly passions? How is it possible? Because there is something that God has done for us in His redemption. This is what it says in the next verse, verse 13. Looking at, for, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from what? From all what? Iniquity. Iniquity. Not just sin. That which empowers sin. The strongholds of sin in your life. You see, you cannot just wish these things away. And think about it. Think about it. Many of the diseases that we experience in our lives, many of them are hereditary. Hereditary, right? Blood pressure could be, diabetes could be, so many of of the diseases. Similarly, there are spiritual diseases, chronic sicknesses, old established patterns that we have inherited as traditions from our forefathers which has been betrayed to us. From our forefathers. It has been handed over to us. Recognize those patterns. Call it out. That is the reason why they confessed their sins and the iniquity of their forefathers. It is not that they, you will not go to heaven. No, 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 no. Any man who is in Christ he is a new creation. But the effects of those strongholds have to be broken in your life. Recognize those strongholds. Isaac had to recognize. Had to recognize the iniquity of fear in his, in his line. So look at this. Same situation, right? Same situation several decades back. Who was it? Father. What did he do? Lied. Who are you? Isaac. Do you have the resurrection life in you, inside of you? Yes. What are you supposed to do? Overcome. Did you overcome? No. Why? Why did he lie? See, you know those days when you go to a doctor they will say ah, prescription nowadays you go to the doctor complete blood pressure this test that test every analysis that they'll, they will do under the sun and they will give you inequalities mathematical inequalities this is less than this is less than equal to this normal range you know, the other day when I was listening to Derek Prince, uh, if you have a med- medically diagnosed inequality, please stand. Medically diagnosed inequality. And I was remembering, oh, blood, blood report says less than or equal to. I also have medically diagnosed inequality. So, no, all inequalities. This is less than or equal to this. This is less than or equal to this. What do they do? They do a complete blood picture. Fasting, sugar, what is it? Next sugar, after feasting sugar, fasting sugar. Huh? Fasting sugar test, feasting sugar test. And what else? Random blood sugar test. Everything they will do under the sun. And then they will show you the entire picture and they will say, Sir, uh, this is the picture. What do you, what do you want us to do? Baba, save my life. <laughs> save my life. See, will you ever get upset with the diagno- the, the person who is doing the diagnostics? How many of you went and fought with Vijay Diagnostic? For giving you inequalities in your report? Did you fight? How how dare you give me this inequality? No, he did not give you inequality, Baba. You already had it. What we call is inequity. What do you have? In the medical science, you have inequality. In the spiritual science, you have inequity. What is inequity? The ability to excuse your disobedience. Hmm. That is inequity. What is equity? To look at your life in the light of the truth. That is equity. Truth is there. You say, you know why? You know why I am a sinner like this? Because my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, God God says it is you. That is the reason I like that song. It is me, it is me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my pastor, not my brother. Oh Lord. (laughs) Etc, etc, etc. Medically diagnosed iniquity. Sorry, spiritually diagnosed iniquity. Who is giving the report? Abimelech. Which are diagnostic. Okay, he is giving the report. He might redeem us from iniquity. Genesis 26. So what happened? What happens? Now it came to pass when he had been there for a long time, see. Everything will come out. Okay, You can't hide. If you are a child of God, one day or the other, the truth will come out. You can say, she is my brother, she is my sister. And you can get away. But one day, it will be found out. Huh? That Abimelech, king of Philistines, looked through a window and saw there was Isaac showing endearment to, to Rebecca. She was, in other translations, we will use the word, caressing Rebecca. And Abimelech was looking at this thing and he calls him out, calls him out, gives a diagnosis. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. Sister, ye sister. Ka se chal this is not sister baba, this is wife. Very obvious. Sister ke saath aisa koji nahi karta. I mean... <laughs> I remember just, just in the night we went, we were going, we went to Chennai some, so, so, so many years back after we got married, we didn't have children then. Okay, we were going to Chennai. Uh, we were in this, uh, uh, in the train to Chennai, so in the morning, I mean, she was, she, we had both the upper berths, okay? And she was finding it difficult to get down. So she said, Vijay, can you help? And I just got up and I just lifted up like this and I just put her down. And there was an old gentleman sitting next to us old, I mean he's middle-aged and he looked at me just carrying my wife and just putting her like this right in front of him and he looked at me, out of, after a while he couldn't stop and, but he asked a question so what are you? Colleagues? Friends? And I'm like, why does he not, he's not say that she's my wife? Then I said, sorry sir, she's my wife because obviously she's not your wife, No, when you carry somebody like that and put, put her, I mean Wh- whom do you do this to? Maybe husbands don't do that to their wives. Maybe he doesn't do do it to his wife. So he said, who is she? She's your colleague, friend. I said, she's my wife. Quite obviously, she's your wife. Why did you say she's my sister? Look at what he says. Because I said, lest I die on account of her. You know, immediately the admonition. Abimelech said, what have you done? And you know something? Sometimes Gentiles will rebuke Isaacs. What have you done? They will say. You are a Christian? You are a pastor? You are a son of Abraham? You are the person who was baptized. Who has the resurrection life. And what are you doing? Remember the covenant therefore. Resolve to obey. Recognize your iniquity. I didn't put that. Then what? Rectify. Read that out please. Without offense. Ah. Rectify without offense. Recognize the iniquity and rectify without offense, meaning accept the truth about yourself so that you have equity. Everybody say equity? Not iniquity, but equity. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse number 14. Very beautiful, easy to remember. 5 plus 7, 5 plus 9, 5 plus 9, 14, 59, 14, okay? Judgment is turned away backward. Justice stands afar off. Truth is fallen in the street and what cannot enter? Equity cannot. But when you judge yourself and accept the truth about yourself, what will happen? What will enter into your life? Equity. What will enter? Equity. That is what we call as coming not just to the study of the word, but to the examination by the word. What did I say? Not to the study of the word, but to the examination by the word. Mm -hmm. So Romans chapter 6 will say, But but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin once upon a time. But you have what? Everybody say that? Obeyed from there, Obeyed from the heart. That form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. You became servants of righteousness, and then it goes on to say, "I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so even so now, yield your members servants to righteousness, unto holiness." So, first four things, but three things are combined there. Look at let us let us recap, uh, recapitulate them. Remember the covenant. Resolve to obey. Recognize your iniquity and rectify without. Offense. Four things or three things. You can put them together. Then, Genesis chapter 26 verse 12 onwards. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. How did he bless him Baba? The man became began to prosper and continued prospering. Until he became very prosperous. I mean, I love this word. Every time I want to read only this word in my Bible, in the Bible. The man, Vijay, began to prosper. And began to prosper more and more and more. Until he became very prosperous. But I don't want to remember the covenant. I don't want to resolve to obey. I don't want to recognize my iniquity. I don't want to what rectify without offense. But I want to prosper. How is it possible, Baba? No, not possible. I told you, no. There are several conditions you have to meet in order to enjoy the blessings of God. So, what is happening over here? Man began to to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Understand this. Isaac sowed and the Lord blessed. Sowing is Isaac's part. Blessing is God's part. Hard work is your part. Hard work is your part. Understand this, no? What I told you, think on these things, says Paul. Study to show yourself a prudent to God and a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Work hard and the Lord will give you understanding. So studying is your part. All the children over here, mathematics just doesn't come just like that. You're not will be blessed with mathematics. Nothing like that has happened. Even to the biggest genius. Somebody said, I think Albert Einstein was the one who said, Who is a genius? A genius is the one who has got a capacity for infinite patience. Capacity for infinite patience. Otherwise, an unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Decode that statement. Put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it. An unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. So what is it? For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. He prospered until mm-hmm. the enemy took notice. Till that time we have to prosper. See I'll tell you something. Healing is one thing. Health is another thing. Which is easy. Everybody has got question mark. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Which is easy. Healing is difficult, Baba. I'll tell you why. You will come to the service. Who knows, Will God will touch you or not. God is sovereign no? Yes, He will touch you. I'm not saying that He will not heal you. Okay. Once you are healed, actually if you walk in health every day, you don't need healing. No need really. So the next R. This is not R R R. Okay. This is different, different, different different R. Get used to a rigorous regimen. Everybody say that? Ah. Rigorous. I mean, these are the words which I got got, got when I was studying for entrance exams. Get used to a rigorous, rigorous regimen. <laughs> rigorous. Two verses. Isaac sowed, the Lord blessed. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 4. Proverbs chapter, I like what today's Pastor James sent this beautiful, beautiful uh, devotion on working hard. Okay. Look at it, it says. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. Okay. He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes what? Rich. Now, verse 22. I mean you say the hand of the diligent makes rich and you just take that verse and run with it. No. Read the entire chapter. Okay. Verse 22. The blessing of the Lord that makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So the blessing that God gives which will have no sorrow in our lives which will will not give us any sorrow in our lives is when you are diligent and God blesses us. In other words God will not bless lazy fellows. Everybody say that? oh uh, you and i said amen you also say amen okay tadastu understand this because we have people who are lazy spiritually no i i, I met one one brother sometime back you know we went to we, he invited us to his home for dinner then he said uh, pastor says, share something from the word I mean, they invited me for dinner, so I shared a small state, few verses from here and there, a small word, and I shared and I finished it. He said, Pastor, uh, studying the Bible is so difficult, Pastor. Then I looked at him and I said, Brother, I find your statement very interesting. When it is very difficult for us to learn programming, what do we do? We go to Udemy we go to every other online course, we pay through our nose, do every problem, do every assignment, we do everything because we have to get a sa- increment in the salary. Nobody says programming is difficult. But when it comes to spiritual things, oh right, studying the Bible is so difficult, brother. What are you saying? These are our priorities. We have to get the certification. Why? I'll get a promotion. Proverbs 89. One who is slack in his work is a brother to one who destroys. He's a friend of the destroyer. He's a brother actually. <laughs> They're brothers in arms. Who are they? Satan and you. I didn't say that, Baba. Who comes to steal, to kill and to destroy? Mm -hmm. Galatians chapter 6. God is not mocked. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that's exactly what you will reap. If you sow sleep, you will get zero bank balance. Okay? If you sow, hard work, abundant bank balance. Okay? Understand? Abundant bank balance. Bank balance, everybody gets, ah, bank balance, yes. So first thing, remember the covenant, resolve to obey, recognize the iniquity, and rectify without offense. Fourth thing, get used to a rigorous regimen. Then, after all this, you think everything is going to be hunky-dory in your life? Get prepared to be robbed in daylight. What is that? robbed in daylight. This is There is going to be daylight robbery that you, you should be prepared for example. For example, I'll give you examples. You worked hard and you got an idea. And you got the idea, you worked out the problem, you solved the equation, everything and you go and show it to your sir. Sir! I solved this! Fantastic. Write my name. My name. Or he will not even say, Write my name. He will go to the conference office. Sir, today I got the idea. And you're right, he's right, you are right there in front of him. He will not even say, Our team got an idea. He will say, I got an idea. Get prepared to be robbed in daylight. How do I get this? Genesis chapter 26. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called. So how did Isaac get water in the midst of famine? Because he dug for water. Why don't you have water in your life? Because you don't dig. You dig a pit for others. Not water for yourselves. That is the reason why the first law of holes stop digging. Hmm? These are all principles, biblical principles. See, why is this Isaac, this quintessential believer, the overcomer in the promised land? Because he got used to a rigorous regimen, and he he he. he Uh, inculcated the same thing in his sons. Both Jacob and Esau were hard-working children. They were not lazy fellows. Both. And you look at the Jewish people. They are people who have an incredible work ethic because I studied and worked under one and studied under one. Hannah Mikalska Kemeli Ellen Rabat. Two Jewish people in my life who directly influenced me with their with their uh, inputs. why they have brains not without a cause, <laughs> they got them. All financial institutions in North America, you know, if you go to New York, it is not New York, it is New York. Two people you'll find in New York. You say Patel, everybody turns and you say, Roynstein, stain, stain, this Stein and that Stein, upstein, low Stein, everything. So many Jewish people over there, both incredibly brilliant. Okay, now understand this: they worked hard, dug waters, and what did the Philistines do? They dug it up again. Look at what it says next verse: and Isaac's servants in the valley uh, dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarrelled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, "This water is." What are they doing? Daylight, robbery, stealing our idea. You see, they can steal your idea now. One day in eternity all rights will be wronged. I mean, sorry, wrongs will be righted. Not rights will be wrong. Okay. And you will get a reward. Let them take the credit. You do your work. Because I'm telling you, this world is full of merchants, of deception. The Canaanites who steal ideas, who steal money. They do daylight robbery, they rob your money. Somebody was telling me the other day. 147 rupees from your bank got just wiped out. So some, in that, in that balance statement, they said some, some, something that nobody understands what that uh, comment is. So, Roshan's sister works in a bank. So, he went and asked his sister, what is this? That is because uh, this guy, uh, what is his name? Adani or somebody stole this money. Uh, your money. So, that is how they are re- recovering all this money from you. So, 147 rupees, who knows? You have I mate, 147 rupees, they'll say discharges, gone. You can't, you can't, you can't go and fight. They're doing daylight robbery, my dear brothers and sisters. Kule am dhoka. I mean, that is the reason why somehow I like, somehow Kejri, Kejriwala, like a little, I mean, I don't know how he is, but completely, but at least he seems to be, seems to be at least. I mean, I like his speeches in the parliament, no? He's a real, a good, real good speaker, no? I was telling Jason the other day. BJP Walene ake Akek Bula, Tumare Pas Kya hai, Hamare Pas CB hai, Information Directorate, hai. ED hai, IT Department hai, Tumare Pas Kya hai, Delhiwalo? तो दिल्ली वालों बोल दिया हमारे पास कुछ, ए कुछ, कुछ, ए, ए सब कुछ नहीं है पर हमारे पास हमारा बेटा these are the people who can they have the gift of gap but also think he's uh, he's, uh, he's somehow honest. I feel because he's from IIT, so generally, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> somehow, somehow, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt. I, I just somehow like him. Like, he's got some interesting ways of uh, approaching people. So, daylight, doka ho So what do you do? Will you go and fight for your rights? You know what? he had the same attitude of his father Abraham. There was strife. Esek means quarrel. Strife, contention between the herdsmen of Isaac. I'm sorry, Lot and between the herdsmen of Abraham. Then Abraham said, ungrateful nephew, this is how you treat me? Did he say that? No. We are brothers. We Do one thing. You take the first choice. What do you want? What do you want? Take the best of the land and go. And what did Lot do? Kuleyam dhoka. Daylight robbery. He took everything <laughs> and he went. And you know what? He, and God said to Abraham, Abraham, now you look up right. Look north, look west, look east, look south. All that you see is yours. In other words, nobody can rob you if you're a child of God. Nobody, nobody can rob you. You may experience temporary loss, but in eternity, nobody can rob. Look at what it says in Hosea chapter 12, verse 7: "Defraud you, he is a merchant (laughs) who is merchant Canaanite." Okay, the balances of deceit are in his hand. He loves to defraud. He loves to do fraud. So how do you react though? Pack your bags and more. Pack your bags and more. Don't fight. Don't grasp for your rights. Be like Jesus who did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He did not grasp. He he held everything that God gave him loosely. And he was willing to give everything up. But you know what God says? Because you did this one day. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and if he is Lord, he owns everything and it says, the meek shall inherit the earth. But get ready for daylight robbery though. There will be conflict but respond like Isaac. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 13 Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor but you don't do it. Okay? Don't rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. In other words, even if you get, I mean, the day you get your salary, pay your maid. What did I say? The day you get your salary, pay your maid. I'm telling you, no, you know, my maid gave us this testimony. I mean, we didn't think on these lines. She, she said one day, because we, we deposit our salary by the first or second of every month. Maximum. And uh, she looked at her and she said, Amma, it's gharu mein, mein kaam kia. But first We didn't do it because we wanted to get brawny points, you no? Know? Because we just did it out of principle. Because we understand she's a poor, she, she, she's looking for that little for salary that she's getting into our bank account. And, and, and we have goodwill with her. She quits every home, but she doesn't want to quit in our home. Understand that? They may take advantage of you, but get ready, be ready to be taken advantage of. Okay? Get ready to be taken advantage of. Because there are so many people we have met in all these years who come to our school. Get used to it. Okay? Then, so let's recapitulate once again. Remember the covenant, everybody read that out now. Remember the covenant, resolve to obey, recognize your iniquity and rectify your offense. Rigorous regime. Uh then what? Uh, get be prepared to be robbed in. Uh, daylight. And then fourth, fifth thing, sixth, fifth thing is get ready for your reputation to be ruined. Get ready for a ruined reputation. Okay. Ready? Uh, ruined reputation. How many of you are looking forward to it? <laughs> but this this message you're saying, Papa, what this is. This is what is going to happen to Isaac. It is going to happen to all who are called after Isaac. Are you a child of promise? How many of your children of promise over here? You're not sure. If you are sure, raise both of your hands. Yes, I am sure. I am a child of promise. If I'm a child of promise, I should be ready for my Kuleyam doka be robbed in delight and my reputation to be ruined. Get ready for a ruined reputation. Genesis chapter 26. Then they dug another well. And they quarreled over that one also. So he called the name of that one, Sitna, from which we get the word, Satan or Satan or the adversary or the accuser of the brethren. That's, what, that's, that's the word we get. The accuser of the brethren. And when did he start accusing? When did he start accusing? Where did accusations start? Where did accusation start? Where was the birthplace of slander? You want to know where accusations and and slander started? We know when pride started. It started in heaven. You know when rebellion started. It started in heaven. It's very interesting where pride started, where rebellion started. That's exactly where even slander and gossip started. Let me show it to you. Ezekiel chapter 28. We know Ezekiel chapter 28 talking about, we have been studying this over several Uh, weeks now. Ezekiel chapter 28. This is talking about Satan describing him after the fall. By the multitude of your merchandise. You know what what, what the word for merchandise is? By the multitude of your slander. That's the word. Slander. By the multitude of your slandering, you have filled the midst of thee with violence. And you have sinned. That's the word. Slander. Where did it start? It started in heaven. Pride started in heaven. Rebellion started in heaven. Gossip and slander started in heaven, my dear brothers. That is the reason why it says he is the accuser of the brother and where is he accusing? In heaven before God, how long? Day and night. Accusations. Slander. Gossip. Started in heaven. Know the origin of slander. What is what is merchandise? He goes up and down, to and fro. Up and down, to and fro. What is this? I mean, we remember I, my dad was to work in railways. This is what uh, Godavari Express up, Godavari Express down, Satan Express up, Satan Express down. What is he doing? Collecting information. Paparazzi. What do we? Which is the best column we like in newspaper? Gossip column. (laughs) What column? Not editorial. Even editorials are now gossip. Slander column. Merchandise. That's the word. Trafficking. The same word again. Look at what it says. Verse eighteen. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries, thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy, the word for traffic, slander again, merchant slander. What is your job? Slander. What is your job profile? Slanderer. Accuser of the brethren. That is the reason why in the book of Leviticus, this is what it says, 1916. You know what it says? The, The word is rendered in the Hebrew in a different way in this, in the same, in the same verse in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 16. This is what it says. Thou shalt not go, what? up and down, as a tail bearer. Tail bearer, Gadu. Storyteller. You have stories on everybody. Have you seen people? They have stories on everybody. They don't run after gossip. Gossip finds them. They are like the BBC reporter. He gets the first information. FIR. How did you get it, Baba? Because they are not people who gossip. They are gossip. Slanderer. Tailbearer. Thou shalt not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people. Neither shall thou stand against the blood of thy enemy. In other words, slander is equal to what? Is equal to what? Murder. Get ready for character assassination. Isaacs, children of promise. <laughs> Get ready for <laughs> not a very good message, no? Okay, we'll come. We'll come to the good part later on. Come to the good part. Okay. Thou shalt not stand against. Look at the spirit of slander, how it manifests itself in different ways. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13. A talebearer, what does he do? Reveals secrets. Are you known? That sister did that, it did that, did her. please pray did manifestation of a did What does he do? Reveals secret. What is it? He goes on uncovering people. That is the reason why we call him Kanan. What do we call him? Merchant. Who was the first Kanan? Ham. Who uncovered his father's nakedness and he showed it to his brothers. Who gossiped against his own father and revealed the secrets of his own father. That is the reason why he says in Proverbs chapter, uh, Psalms 50, he says, wicked. People, how dare you take my covenant in your lips? You gossiped and slandered against your own mother's son, your own brother. You slandered, and I kept quiet, and you thought I was just like you. That's what you thought. What does he do? A talebearer reveals secrets, therefore meddle not with them who flatter with their lips. What do they do Their weapon is flattery. He will come and say all kinds of good things about you. And then before you know it, they put the hook and you are hook, line and sinker. Lock, stock and barrel. Into it. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 9. In thee are men that carry tails to shed blood. Understand this. Jesus went to the cross because of false testimony and false accusations. It was slander that put Jesus on the cross. Understand this. It it took slander to put Jesus on the cross. And gossip. Revelation chapter 12. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and kingdom of our God and the power of our Christ have come for the accuser of brethren has been cast down. He accuses them. How long? Night and day. And then it goes on to say, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. And how did Isaac respond? Did he say, you know, how can you say this against me? Don't you know me? Did he say that? No. He just kept quiet. Don't defend yourself. Who is this Hebrew? This Hebrew, he has come to shame us. Put him in jail. Did Joseph say, Potevar, sir, you know me, no? Can I ever do anything like this? I've worked for you faithfully all these years. You know my reputation, you know my integrity. Did you say that? Quietly. That is Isaac. First Peter chapter two. For to this you are called. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Very difficult to say this now. <laughs> for to this you are called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving as an example that we should walk in his footsteps who committed no sin nor deceit was found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. That's it. Already, let's move on. So, remember the covenant, Resolve to obey, rectify without offense, rigorous regime, reputation is ruined and you also are ready for I mean a rigorous, sorry, uh, uh, get, uh, uh, be prepared to be robbed in daylight, daylight. And finally, once you go through all this process, you know what happens? Room is made for you where? In Rehoboth. One day it will stop. Where? In Rehoboth. Room is made for you in Rehoboth. Look at what it says. And he moved from there and dug another well. He never stopped digging. I told you, you know, he is used to working hard i'm telling you hard working people if you wherever you go you will prosper it doesn't matter if you are in potiphar's house or in the prison or in in uh, in uh, in uh, the as a prince prince of egypt wherever you go you will prosper if you are in the worship team you will prosper if you are in the cleaning team you will prosper if you are in the transcript team you will prosper if you are in the preaching team you will prosper any team you are put you will prosper you know why because you are work ethic Wherever you go. Oh, we don't want you in the worship team. Okay, where do you want me to serve? Go there and clean the toilets. I will prosper. Anywhere you'll prosper. You know why? You're doing it as unto God, not as unto man. So he called, so, and he moved from there and dug another well. After that, aree, isko to nahi kar <laughs> You can do nothing to this guy. Nothing can be done. You get the worst, bring the worst, he will not move. He will continue to do what he is called to do. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be what? Fruitful in the land. You know what? What does You know what the word fruitful means? Rehoboth means? An enlarged place. Life of obedience has become, if you think it's difficult, but you practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced practiced the life of obedience. Initially it was a, it was a, it was a tightrope walk. How many of you have seen tightrope walks? Have you seen? Okay. How does it start? Very carefully. Balancing and balancing and balancing and balancing and balancing and falling like this and then balancing slander came gossip came balanced and all kinds of things happened and all the all the negativity and all the things and you know what happens now he practiced and he stabilized himself and now he knows his destination and what he does to the destination have you seen the guy who how does he reach his destination on the tightrope. Tightrope has become a highway now. What has tightrope become? A highway. A highway of holiness. Isaiah chapter 35 verse 8. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wafering men, uh, be for those, the wafering men, or the fools, shall not err therein anymore. You know why? Now it's they are used to it. The life of obedience, the life of holiness, the life of faith has become so, 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 so second nature for you. Now you run to your destination without any problem. So, finally, the last. Does it stop there? No. There's one more. Ultimately, you'll be reconciled with your enemy. All the enemies that came against you. Because you are not wrestling against flesh and blood. But you are wrestling against those people. The principalities and and wife Actually, you are actually fighting for flesh and blood. Not fighting against them. The be side. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 26. Then he went up there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night. And said, I am the God of your father. Do not fear, for I am with you. And I will bless you. And I will multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants dug a well and Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, one of his friends and Pichol, the commander of his army and Isaac said to them, why have you come to me? Since you hate me and you have sent me away from you? But they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So he said, Let there be now be an oath between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. That's the reason why it says, if a man's ways pleases the Lord, what will he do? He will make his enemies also come and make peace with you. Actually, Isaac, in effect, wins back. Wins back. Wins back his enemies to God. They make, an, make a covenant with him. So this morning, Isaac is there. There is conflict in your lives. I'm sure everybody is facing a conflict. If not some of them, if not all of them, at least some of them. There could be famine. Or you're maybe you're stuck at a place where you are stuck with your fears and with, and with your iniquities and you're not able to overcome. God says it's very simple: identify it, recognize it, accept correction, and move on. You don't have to stay there. But it's only through conflict Isaac grows. You know when you know when it when it when he says he's actually fruitful, until he comes to Rehoboth, he doesn't say I'm fruitful. It is at Rehoboth he says, "Now, I will be fruitful." Isaac sowed and now Isaac is going to reap what? A hundredfold harvest where at Rehoboth. But there are several things that we need to remind ourselves every day. How do we start? How do we start every day? Let us recapitulate once again please. First, what do you do? You remember the covenant. Then you resolve to Obey God. And then you recognize your iniquity and you rectify without offense and you get used to a rigorous regime and you get prepared to be robbed in daylight. Doesn't matter. You stick to your work ethic. You'll be ready to get your reputation spoiled. But ultimately, God says, He will be make room for you in Rehoboth and you will be Reconciled to your enemy. I was studying Isaac for one reason. There is conflict in my life at different levels. There is opposition. There is opposition to the purposes of God in my own life. And I'm not talking about opposition outside, I'm talking about opposition here in my own flesh. In my own indisciplines, in my own bad habits, I am my worst enemy. And until and unless I recognize that in my own life, I believe the turning point for Isaac is this. When did he begin to prosper? When he started to recognize his iniquity and he dealt with his iniquity, and then when he started working, he began to prosper. The turning point in his life was when he started to deal with his iniquity which was his fear. And that iniquity could be anything for you. Some of you, it could be you could be lying because of fear. Some of you just lie. It's your lifestyle. Some of you pretend. Some of you are envious. Some of you are insecure. That is your iniquity. Insecurity. And therefore it causes you to do so many other things. But the turning point in your life will happen when you recognize that iniquity in your life and deal with it. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Jesus looks at him and he says, everything is fine, but one thing you lack. You love money too much. Do one thing, sell all that you have, Give it to the poor and come and follow me. Sorry. Go on. Then comes Zacchaeus. Lord, half my goods I give it to the poor. What is he dealing with? He is dealing with his iniquity. That is covetousness and insecurity. First, he doesn't say, I will return back the money that, that I stole. No, 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 no. He doesn't say that. First, he says, half my goods I give it to the poor. He's dealing with his iniquity first. And in your life, there could be iniquities. I mean, there is several iniquities that God showed me in my life. I told you, you no. Know, when you go to the doctor, what does he do? He gives you the complete blood report and he gives you a medically diagnosed inequality. inequality. And God, when you go to God, honestly, he will give you a spiritually diagnosed iniquity. Deal with your iniquity, and once you deal with your iniquity, you will see prosperity coming—prosperity in any way. Trying and trying and trying and not succeeding. Working and working and working and working, all the money that you earn is into a, put into a bag of holes. There is something that God might be showing you. It could be pride. It could be rebellion. Rebellion is one of the strongest iniquities of this generation. They do not want to obey. Insecurity and fear. The third one. Once Isaac dealt with his iniquity, the breakthrough came. And he became prosperous until the Philistines envied him. Until the enemy took notice of him. There are there are oppositions within. Forget about the oppositions without. But the breakthrough will come only when you deal with the oppositions and the conflicts within you, in your own heart. People will come and rob you. People will come and say all kinds of evil things are against you and about you. They called Jesus Beelzebub. How much more you and I? When we are truly Beelzebub's, once upon a time. Don't worry about that. Worry about one thing in your life. The inequities in your own life. You know what the Bible says? Jesus redeemed us by his blood from all our iniquities. Deal with it and you will have the and you will have your breakthroughs. God is showing you some iniquity, some iniquity in your life. Deal with it, and God will definitely come through in your breakthrough this morning. Can we all stand stand in the presence of God. The gates of hell shall not prevail against us that's what happened to Isaac. The enemy came and did whatever they want to do. But he continued to do what God called him to do. He never raised a finger. He never trained an army. But he had servants who dug. Who did what they were called to do. But the breakthrough came in his life. When he dealt with his inequity. Recognize your iniquity and deal with it. And see the hand of God working through every situation in your life. This is not theory. This is absolute biblical truths which will work and have the power to work in those who believe. So this morning, let us resolve ourselves. To saying, Lord, I will obey even the little things that you ask me to do. I will recognize the iniquity and I will rectify it without getting offended. And I will see the breakthroughs that come into, my, come into my life. And the glory will come to you. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this morning. You taught us so many truths. You taught us so many truths, O oh Lord. I pray, Father, that all these truths will be deposited in the deepmost parts of our inner man. That it will become strong convictions in our hearts. And we like Isaac will stay in the promised land even though there is a temptation to go to Egypt to buy ideas from Egypt to find solutions to our problems, our spiritual problems but Lord because we have a lifestyle of seeking you, we have a lifestyle of meditating upon the truth we have a lifestyle of praying we have a lifestyle of building altars I pray Father that you will speak to us continuously. That we will repent every day. That we will resolve to obey. We will recognize our iniquities. We will rectify them without, without, without getting offended. And we will see the breakthroughs of God coming into our lives. And even if people rob us, we will just move on. If people call us all kinds of names, we will just, we'll just keep moving on. Until one day, our enemies will be one to you, O Lord. We want to see our enemies be one to you. Because you said, O Lord Jesus, the enemy curses. But you told your children, bless and do not curse. The enemy and the people of the enemy, they live on cursing others. But the people of God only bless even their enemies and never curse them. I pray, Father, that we will... Build our lives like Isaac built and let the resurrection of resurrection power of Christ flow through us. We thank you, Father, for this time. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. Amen.